the day the Board of Supervisors in San Francisco was sworn in, the tradition is every supervisor gets up and introduces their family there. And the first words out of my mouth was, as you know, I am gay. There's a state law that says gay people cannot legally be married. But there is no state law or law any place in the universe that says two people cannot love each other. And I like to introduce my lover. Happy birthday, dear Harvey. Welcome to This Way Out, the international LGBTQ radio magazine. I'm Lucia Chappelle. Uganda enacts dreaded Anti-Homosexuality Act, second Japanese district court slams marriage equality ban, and Harvey Milk's 90th birthday kicks off Pride season. Those stories and more this week now that you've found This Way Out. I'm Jill Bainline. And I'm Ava Davis. With NewsWrap, a summary of some of the news in or affecting LGBTQ communities around the world for the week ending June 3rd, 2023. Uganda's dreaded Anti-Homosexuality Act became law on May 29th. President Yaware Museveni signed the latest version of the notorious measure he had sent back to lawmakers for further consideration in April. MPs accepted his suggestions to axe the provisions that made just coming out a crime and requiring citizens to report acts of homosexuality. However, they kept penalties of up to life in prison for engaging in private, consensual, adult, same-gender sex, repeat offenses, and sex with certain protected groups, or sex while HIV-positive, are considered aggravated homosexuality and punishable by death. The Constitutional Court overturned the anti-homosexuality bill and acted in the East African nation in 2014 on a legal technicality. It also included the death penalty. For Ugandan LGBTQ and intersex activist Jacqueline Kashanaba-Kasera, it's a dark day for human rights of LGBTQIA plus and allies. Activist Delavi Kogala became emotional speaking with Democracy Now! about Museveni's decision to sign the Anti-Homosexuality Act. There's no hope, but where are we supposed to go? You don't want us in your country. You're not giving us jobs. You're not giving us education. You're not giving us medication. You are criminalizing people renting to us. Where do you want us to go? You are arresting us for literally doing nothing, for simply existing, you know? But where are we supposed to go? How did we become refugees in our own countries? More out queer activists and allies in Uganda warn that the law is already encouraging assaults by violent vigilantes against them and people just perceived to be queer. LGBTQ activist groups from elsewhere on the African continent have harshly criticized the new law. Leaders in several Western nations are hinting at cuts in aid and travel restrictions. That list includes Australia's lesbian foreign minister, Penny Wong, European Union foreign policy chief, Joseph Burrell, British government officials, the UN Human Rights Office, and U.S. President Joe Biden and Secretary of State Antony Blinken. Some defiant Ugandan lawmakers have said that they expected to lose some foreign aid when they passed the Anti-Homosexuality Act 2023. They insist on not bowing to Western pressures, 
equality advocates in Uganda are already filing suit to challenge the latest version of the country's new Kill the Gays law. LGBTQ people in Turkey have a lot to worry about with the re-election of Islamic President Recep Tayyip Erdogan. Dehumanizing queer people was one of the pillars of his runoff election campaign that ended on May 28th. Once again, he fell back on calling them perverts and a threat to traditional family values. During his victory speech, Erdogan asked euphoric supporters if his party was LGBTQ friendly. No was the enthusiastic response. It was Erdogan's most serious re-election challenge since he was first elected president in 2014. He had served as prime minister since 2003. His increasingly autocratic reign will now remain in power until at least 2028. 39-year-old documentary filmmaker Tuba Baikal told Agence France Presse that being openly queer has made it virtually impossible to find work. She predicts that many will flee to more welcoming countries. She's headed to the United States. University student Ilker Erdogan is fortunately not related to his nemesis. The 20-year-old queer activist told the French news agency, From the moment I was born, I felt that discrimination, homophobia, and hatred in my bones. I feel deeply afraid. But Ilker is firm, saying, I'm also part of this nation. My identity card says Turkish citizen. You cannot erase my existence, no matter how hard you try. Latvia's out foreign minister, Edgars Rinkevich, made history this week when Parliament elected him president. He's the first queer head of state of a Baltic nation or in the European Union. The 12-year foreign minister enjoys considerable popular support, even though Latvia's population is socially conservative. The president's role is largely ceremonial. Europe's openly queer prime ministers have wielded considerably more power. Rinkevich can dissolve parliament and he'll represent Latvia abroad, serve as the supreme commander of the country's armed forces, nominate the prime minister, and sign bills into law. His election thrilled queer activists, as it coincidentally came during Pride Week in the nation's capital, Riga. The advocacy group Mosaica and Riga Pride issued a joint press release celebrating the absolute inspiration to many young people and the LGBTQ community at large. Rinkevich will be inaugurated on July 8th. The Nagoya District Court has decided that Japan's ban on same-gender civil marriage is unconstitutional. It's the second regional jurisdiction to come to that conclusion, following the Suparo District Court. Contrary rulings in Osaka and Tokyo District Courts have supported the ban. Thirteen same-gender couples filed Valentine's Day marriage equality lawsuits across the country on February 14th. 2019. Another ruling is due at the Fukuoka District Court on June 8th. Steadfast opposition to equality in the courts and in the legislature has come from the conservative federal government of Prime Minister Fumio Kishida. He and his ruling Liberal Democratic Party are under increasing pressure to open the civil institution to lesbian and gay couples. Japan is the only group of seven economic powerhouse nations without it, Kishida's government offered a bill in Parliament to promote understanding of LGBTQ people before hosting the recent G7 summit in Hiroshima. Resistance from the administration caused an almost fatal delay, according to Reuters. A watered-down version of the largely meaningless bill was submitted to Parliament the day before the summit. 
Thousands of Israelis and visiting tourists celebrated LGBTQ pride in Jerusalem on June 1st. Recollections of the anti-queer violence at past festivities made for high tensions during the event, but there were no serious incidents this year. A spokesperson said that about 2,000 police officers were brought in to ensure the safety of marchers and observers. They also prevented any confrontations between celebrants and the small anti-queer counter-demonstration nearby. This was the first Pride Parade since Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu's far-right government took power. Several of his cabinet ministers have expressed their antipathy for LGBTQ people. National Security Minister Itamar Ben-Gavir is one of the most vocal opponents of equality. Ironically, it was his job to protect the celebration. Jerusalem Open House organizes the annual event. They estimate that 30,000 people marched or lined the parade route, the largest crowd in recent years. Finally, the U.S. Pentagon has made a stand to defend Nellis Air Force Base from its planned Pride Month drag show. With President Joe Biden's recently issued Pride Month proclamation dangling in the background, Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin and Joint Chiefs Chairman General Mark Milley canceled the event, trumping the approval of Air Force officials. A Defense Department spokesperson told reporters that the Pentagon does not fund drag shows on military bases. Organizers were instructed to either call off the event or move it away from the base located northeast of Las Vegas, Nevada. Critics charged the brass with bowing to anti-drag pressure from ultra-conservative Republican politicians. For example, Florida's Congressman Matt Gates and Senator Mark Rubio have made outrageously stupid claims about drag queens, calling them groomers and strippers, and accusing them of engaging in sex acts in front of children. That kind of pressure also sank the Navy's traditional posts celebrating Pride Month on its Twitter and Instagram accounts, according to The Hill. RuPaul's Drag Race contestant Coco Montrese participated in the Nellis Air Force Base's Pride Month drag show in 2021, but missed the event last year. The performer known in real life as Martin Cooper told the Washington Post that he was looking forward to this year's show and worried that the cancellation sends the wrong message to LGBTQ service members. Cooper said, basically, they're saying to them, you can be who you are, but you just can't be that here. That's News Wrap. Global Queer News with Attitude for the week ending June 3rd, 2023. Follow the news in your area and around the world. An informed community is a strong community. News Wrap is written by Greg Gordon, edited by Lucia Chappell, produced by Brian DeShazer, and brought to you by you. Thank you. Help keep us in ears around the world at thiswayout.org, where you can also read the text of this newscast and much more. For This Way Out, I'm Ava Davis. Stay healthy. And I'm Joe Bainline. Stay safe. Our listeners support This Way Out in many ways. By subscribing to our e-newsletter. Email us at info at thiswayout.org. And through your financial contributions to our program. More information about how you can give is online at thiswayout.org. Thank you.
This June brings a new season of Pride events to the Northern Hemisphere that kicked off with the late May recognition of what would have been Harvey Milk's 90th birthday. The month got off to a different start at one California school board meeting, a debate over banning a queer-positive social studies book included one member's slanderous reference to Milk as a pedophile. So we'll fill the education gap with this look back at the man who urged every queer person to come out. Not long after the first openly gay elected official in the U.S. became a San Francisco County supervisor in January of 1978, he had a conversation with This Way Out's Greg Gordon. I'm Harvey Milk. I'm a supervisor in San Francisco. And I'm Greg Gordon. I'm and I'm gay. And so am I. And we're up in San Francisco in, uh, in Harvey's uh, office at Castro Camera. And uh, Harvey has graciously taken a few minutes out of his very busy schedule <laughs> to, uh, to talk to us about politics in San Francisco and how he got elected, the first openly gay person to be elected to public office in California history. I like to also talk about the politics in California rather than San Francisco. That's fine. Uh, because I don't think there's a delineation. You don't think that there's a difference in, in politics in San Francisco as opposed to, let's say, politics in Los Angeles? It's a matter of degree. There's no moat built around the city of San Francisco that separates us from the rest. Sometimes we wish they were. <laughs> uh, but I think what takes place in San Francisco, uh, for whatever reasons, can take place any place. It's just a matter of understanding what it's all about. And uh, San Francisco, it's very interesting because of the fact that I'm gay, that becomes the big media event that sells the newspapers. But it's very important that uh, we realize that I was elected as a candidate who was gay, rather than a gay candidate. Did I run on a gay issue? And it's vital to know that it took four years, or five years, or whatever it was, to build up that kind of a reputation. Yes, yeah, because you had, you had run for office in the past. It had nothing to do with running for office. The reason I ran for office because I was issue-oriented. Um, in, in my particular district, we've had about five or six major district battles versus citywide problems. In every one, I was involved in them, on one side or the other. There wasn't one other candidate. There were 17 people running this district. There wasn't one other candidate who had been involved in every single district problem. I was there. Um, people on the streets would say to me, Harvey, I don't agree with your issue, but I know you're a fighter. I know you're there. I know you will be there when we need you. If you add the gay community with the other traditional minorities, you should have control of the state. But we cannot sit in the back of the bus and let the other minorities lead. We should show the leadership. What can you say to these people who don't want to get involved, who don't want to register, who feel like voting and the whole establishment political process is a waste of time and not the way to do it? Because the establishment political process stinks. I, too, would prefer to throw a bomb, except the establishment has more bombs than I have. Four years ago, three of gay socialists came in, who I know, and we had a nice long talk, and they talked about how bad the system was, and that the system has to be overthrown. Then we got talking about police brutality and harassment. And I said, after a while, what if you, you, and you were the three police commissioners? And I was the chief of police, and they said, great. I said, I thought the system stinks. <laughs> it's not the system that stinks. It's the people who are running the system stinks. You have two ways of changing the system. Revolution, or getting in and bending it from within. Unfortunately, revolution will not work. 
I mean, it ain't going to happen. As long as there's two cars in every garage and we'll drop a gasoline and a TV set and you can wash your, your glasses and not get spots on it, the revolution is not going to exist because people are afraid of the unknown. And so they'd rather have the awful conditions that exist rather than the unknown. The revolution will not be televised. But rapid evolution can take place uh, already on the board of San Francisco supervisors in six weeks. Things that were never discussed before have been discussed. The dialogue has been opened, which was never there before, and we won a lot of the votes. So what is revolution, you know? Uh, what, it's not what I like to see. But we are going to have a rapid evolution. We've already had it in San Francisco. Just stop and think. The day the Board of Supervisors in San Francisco was sworn in, the tradition is every supervisor gets up and says a few gentle words and introduces their family there. And the first words out of my mouth, and, and, and the national press was there, was, as you know, I am gay. And I said that there's a state law that says gay people cannot legally be married. But there is no state law or law any place in the universe that says two people cannot love each other. And I like to introduce my lover. And if that's not a revolution, <laughs> I don't know what is. Sure, it's not what we want. But, you know, we're battling thousands of years of prejudice and thousands of years of a, a system. It's got to change. It's not going to be easy. And there's got to be a lot more Harvey Milks. This has got to be. There's too many young kids in little towns in Minnesota. The November 1978 Milk Moscone assassination tore San Francisco apart. Former Supervisor Dan White was convicted of the lesser charge of manslaughter based on a diminished capacity defense. His sentence only amounted to five years in prison. When the verdict was announced on May 21, 1979, the queer community in the Castro district erupted in the White Knight riots. Not since the late 1960s has the United States seen such a violent expression of its people's anger and frustration as was seen Monday night in San Francisco. How are you feeling about what's happening now? Uh, increasingly angry, increasingly scared, very deeply hurt. Lesbian feminist activist Sally Gerhardt. Very much ashamed of a system that I put a, not much faith in, but at least a little bit of faith in sometimes, that, you know, a jury of 12 good people and true could come in with something so obvious as this with a proper verdict, and I'm enraged that it hasn't happened. 
and what I think is happening all over this country is that we are getting more and more military-minded. There is a huge right-wing backlash. I think people are beginning to want to put people more into boxes. They can't stand any differences. And the reason that Dan White shot Harvey Milk and George Moscone as well was because they were both supporters of gay people, Harvey being gay and Moscone being a supporter of gay people. And our connection now, I think, is with a broad-based questioning of a system that would have us all put in boxes, would like to have us all be just one way, color-coded into the proper sex role, and particularly have our men be in that masculine mindset, that masculine code that's going to make killers of them all. And it's the women who have been suffering the most from this all these years. Now it's becoming gay people who are suffering from that. I say that the whole nation is suffering from that. It's very scary, that verdict. Very scary. I think today is a, a really terrible day for the gay people of San Francisco. Former aide to Supervisor Milk, Cleve Jones. And I'd like to see us move down to 18th Street and get the people out of the bars and into the streets. So hit it! Out of the bars, into the streets! Out of the bars, into the streets! I think those jurors ought to be tried. If it was me, if I was have been, uh, I say I I have a lot of frustrations too. I can't find a job. If I went around there and shot up a couple of people just to do something like because I was angry at them, you think they'd let me out of there? I'd be in there till doomsday if I didn't meet the chair first. And you tell them whoever they are, I hope they have nice long sleep this night forever. He got away with murder. He got away. Police have arrived at City Hall, at the doors of City Hall. They've got riot squad gear on. There's pushing and shoving going on. It has now broken loose. Cops are now bashing heads. The people, the people who had been protecting City Hall are now getting dragged away by police. The police are now moving out into the crowd moving out into the crowd and just flailing about. Running back, the police have literally beaten the crowd. The police moved into a group of people who were sitting down and not moving and just clubbed away. And now pretty much there's a 15-foot there's a distance between us and the line of, of police who are coming down. You can hear their voices, and here they are. Later that evening, the police entered the Castro in large numbers, causing the people to come out of the bars screaming, Get out of our neighborhood. Go home! Go home! Go home! Go home! I was just down here at 1 o'clock uh, having a drink, uh, and I decided to go home. And I go out, and I notice uh, there are half a dozen cops standing in the middle of the intersection out there. And, uh, all of a sudden, there are you know, more cops everywhere, and they start lining the streets. Uh, and a few people started throwing bottles at them. Uh, and then they just go crazy. Uh, they chase people back into the bar where we thought we were safe. And uh, then they just come storming through here. You know, it's, uh, 
It's like Nazi stormtroopers. We were sitting at the same table. Honey, come over here. We were all sitting at the same table, relaxed, having a cocktail. I just ordered around. The police bashed through every one of these windows, billy clubbing everybody through that small little back door in the rear, the saying, get out, myself. go home, queers. This woman get cop off the comes streets. up to me and kicks me in the That's ribs, telling me to get your ass out. That's what she said. A big woman police. They okay. were billy clubbing people all the way out through the back door, and there was no way all these people could get through that tiny back door. They before came in before, tipping tables over, crushing people, people on the floors, in. billy clubbing, the, no, trampling over people, in, saying, get the hell out. Get out. Once, once, they, once they came in, they there was no shopping. I was, I was hit in the chest the by a billy when club. When they finally got us out Friends the back door, the back, they got into formation and marched, saying, go home, faggots, go home, faggots. This guy was, was saying that this was an anti-faggot decision. I think it just, it's just the way the uh, American system of justice fucks up all the time. You know, you try to run innocent people into the ground and guilty people get off scot-free. Tuesday night, the tone was remarkably different on Castro Street. The long-planned celebration to commemorate Harvey Milk's birthday came off as planned, without violence. Introducing Harry Britt. Britt was appointed to fill Milk's seat on the Board of Supervisors. Tonight, 15,000 people have gathered to demonstrate with their love that the spirit of Harvey Milk will always be alive in our city. And I sure as hell don't have to tell you that Harvey Milk's people do not have a damn thing to apologize to anybody for ever. <laughs> Yesterday was a tough one. But as I've talked to so many of you today and received so many wonderful calls from you and from gay people and from non-gay people all over the United States, it seems to me that somehow we turned a corner yesterday and that if Harvey Milk is listening somewhere, he knows that the gay movement has moved forward a great step because of what happened yesterday. Let no one believe that the step that we have taken is a step from nonviolence to violence. We have suffered too much for the hands of violent people ever to go down that road. But let us say that never again will our people ever stand by and let Dan White's people rule the day. Let us say with our new strength that we are tired of dealing with pigs and that from now on, the people who would follow the spirit of Dan White are going to have to deal with us. I'd like now for you to welcome Meg Christian and Holly Meir. Happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you, happy birthday dear Harvey, happy birthday to The time has come from all over this country to people to say no more dreaming, the time has come to our way.
Thanks for finding This Way Out, brought to you by the nonprofit Overnight Productions. News Wrap was reported this week by Joe Bainline and Ava Davis and produced by Brian DeShazer. Our Harvey Milk Remembrance was produced by Greg Gordon, Lucia Chappelle, and Brian DeShazer. Thanks also to Democracy Now! Pink Floyd, Pepper Mache, the San Francisco Gay Men's Chorus, Buena Vista, The Birds, and the Tom Robinson Band performed some of the music you heard, and Kim Wilson composed and performed our theme music. This Way Out thanks the Kicking Assets Fund of the Tides Foundation and Richard Merck and Brad Payton of Silicon Valley. Listener donors make this program possible. Thanks also to the Los Angeles Cannabis Providers MMD Shops for being a This Way Out Pride partner. Look for This Way Out Radio on social media, email us at info at thiswayout.org, or write to us at P.O. Box 1065, Los Angeles, California, 90078, USA. For coordinating producer Greg Gordon and everyone at This Way Out, I'm Lucia Chappell. Thanks for listening online at thiswayout.org or wherever you get your podcasts. And on WGDR Plainfield, Vermont, KYRS Medical Lake Spokane, Washington, CJLY New Denver, British Columbia, and a wide array of community terrestrial and internet radio stations around the world, including this one. Stay healthy, stay safe, and stay tuned, y'all.